Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixels Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm your host, Will, and as you can see, I've got Jeremy here with me today because unfortunately, Blake could not make it, but everyone's favorite fill-in host here, Jeremy, thank you for joining us. Um, I do need to let everybody know that he did just have his wisdom teeth out, so he is going to be unable to converse, but he's here for moral support, and really that's all I needed. So Jeremy... Thank you. The people, thank you. Um, you have both our hearts and minds. Anyway, y'all, um, as I'm sure most of you are familiar, when we have a Jeremy episode, things are a bit different. Uh, we will not be having our typical discussion portion on this episode of Critical Role. I will still do the in-depth recap for those of you out there that enjoy that. Um, but other than that, that's going to be basically the full extent of this episode. And my apologies for that, but hopefully things will be back on course um, come next episode, episode 73, excuse me. Um, before I launch into the recap though, a couple of quick announcements, um, our Exandria unlimited calamity rewatch is upon us. That is happening this weekend for episode one. Uh, that will be this Sunday at 7 30 PM central time. Now, for those of you in different parts of the country or different parts of the world, um, if you need help figuring out when that is, um, Critical Role normally airs at 9 p.m. Central Time. So wherever you are that Critical Role normally comes on for you, this will be an hour and a half earlier. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be uh, just episode one. We're not like binging all four or anything. Uh, but this Sunday, 7.30 p.m., episode one of Calamity, uh, with the idea being that we will watch, you know, episode two the next week and so on and so forth. Uh, so we'd love to have you join us for that, whether it's your first time seeing Calamity, in which case we would love to have you join us for it because you need to see it, uh, or it's your 12th time because it's just that good. Um, and if that interests you, join our Discord. That is um, just a good place to be in general, but also a necessary place to be for this rewatch because that is where uh, we'll be watching, that is where we'll be chatting, that is where everything will be happening. Uh, there will be a link down to that below. Um, I feel like there's one other thing I needed to say about this, but it escapes me for now. So hopefully not. Um, but yeah, discord, boom, join, come say hello. Even if you're not interested in the calamity rewatch, uh, you should join the discord. It's a good place to hang out, talk critical role, talk other nerdy stuff. Bada boom, bada bing. Other than that, um, the world's beyond number, the wizard, the witch and the wild one arc one finale. We have not forgotten about it. Uh, we are both itching to talk about it. Um, but as you can clearly see uh, this way, um, schedules and stuff are a bit, bit hectic right now. Um, clearly, I'm solo recording for this episode, but for Worlds Beyond Number uh, Arc 1 finale, we did not want to have a solo record situation. Plus, we have time before the next episode comes out. So um, all this to say is that we didn't forget about it. That is still the next thing on our docket to record once things uh, settle down for us. Um, so that's coming for all of my World Beyond Number fans out there. Um, and again, I know I say this every time, but for you Critical Role folk out there that still have not checked World Beyond Number out, you need to. It is so good. And uh, like I said, the arc, the first arc of the show just finished. So it's kind of a great point to like jump in. You have a little bit of a backlog uh, to binge and catch up on if you like it. And then we could all 
you know, full steam ahead together on arc two once that comes out. So highly, highly recommend. Can't say that enough. Um, boom. And I'm, I feel like I had one other thing to say, um, but it escapes me for now. So I guess it hopefully wasn't too important. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so without further ado, let's jump into the recap. Now for anyone that is on this recap video for the first time, uh, I'm not always talking to a stuffed animal. I usually have a co-host and we like to give an in-depth recap of the episode before jumping into our in-depth discussion and theory crafting portion on these episodes. Uh, for this week, there will be no discussion clearly because I'm talking to myself, uh, but typically that's the case just in case anyone new is finding us for the first time. Um, but yeah, without further ado, let's get into this recap of episode, let me pull up my notes here, episode 72 of Critical Role Campaign 3, Phantasmal Parlay. So, we pick up with the party arriving to the beach and basically still trying to hash out their exact plan. Um, Chetney decides to whittle a copy of the compass just in case to have that as like a proper negotiating device. Um, and as he does that, he then, you know, takes a deeper look at the real one and notices that it doesn't have any markers or numbers on it and actually points in a singular, like unmoving direction. So this isn't a simple North, South, East, West compass. Um, they then decide to whip out the portable hole and do some speaking with dead before they summon the pirates. So the plan here is Imogen is going to pretend to be Liliana to ask the questions. Um, and they're going to uh, actually cast this twice. So they're going to first do the underling, which was the druid, if you'll recall. And then they're going to speak with dead with Ratanish after that. So first up, the druid's five questions. Um, they say you failed your mission or Imogen says you failed your mission. Where is Odahan Thol? And the response is, she remains at the key. How many have come over? I don't know, a hundred or more. Did you ever speak to Ludness? No. How much time until we strike? I don't know. What is the greatest threat to our organization? They've mentioned unity. Keep them scattered. So <clears throat> after those five questions, they move on to Ratanish. She asks him, how do we communicate the old fashioned way? Tell me how we've protected our entrances to the key. We've manned them as requested and moon folk have kept eyes as well. You were in charge of keeping the rebellion down, correct? Partially. Can you tell us about the entrances to the key? You have many tricks up your sleeve. The main pit entrance is easy. Otherwise, they were closed behind us as a precaution. And <clears throat> before this last question, there's been some deception checks and some insight checks here because, again, Imogen is pretending to be her mother. Um, so on these deceptions and insights, uh, Fern actually gets a whisper and she reveals that Ratanish knows something is up. So for the final question, Imogen just rips uh, his head from his corpse and asks what happened to the wizard and the monk. And Ratanish says, probably dead. Uh, and then Imogen says, you know, like, just like you. And basically, they throw the corpses into the ocean at that point. Uh, but there is a bit of, like, looting of the corpses. I think Fern takes a couple of Ratanish's teeth. And um, nothing too important. But they did take what they wanted before they threw them into the ocean. 
Um, so the party then prepares to summon the ghost ship and they're going to try and parlay before combat if possible. So <clears throat> they make their preparations. Chetney places the compass in the water and almost instantly this massive ghost ship appears in the fog and the temperature begins to drop and mist is like pouring off its deck as it like it's coming closer to the shore. And obviously it doesn't come ashore, but as it gets close, these figures start jumping off into the water and disappearing beneath the waves. Um, several figures do that, but then several figures remain on the ship as well. And then on the beach side where Bell's Hells is, these skeletons start coming up out of the water and, you know, trouncing up the beach. Um, and, Chetney says, uh, hey, like, and he's waving the fake compass in the air, like, you know, call off the attacks and like, let's parlay. But Matt says, you know, ghost pirates don't come to parlay like they've come for what is theirs. And so basically we just roll initiative. Um, so combat starts and as always, just going to try to hit highlights here to keep it brief. Um, but. People are taking out these skeletons. They're not too strong, um, but there there is a lot of them. Um, and when things start to get dicey is when the skeletons that they've killed just come back. They like regenerate and start getting their health back and reanimating. So things start to get a little bit dicey. Um, a couple highlights are there's some cool like teleportation attacks going on with Ashton and their, you know, temporal rage. Um, Laudna amidst this combat is still attempting to parlay. Um, she's like yelling at the captain who is still on the ship and she actually gets a nat 20 on uh, her persuasion check. And because of that, the captain stops attacking, but he orders his men to continue attacking. He's like, okay, I'll parlay with you, but like everything's still going to be going on while that happens. So Ladna starts trying to make her way to the ship um, while Orem and Chetney are also making their way to the ship. Everyone else is just in combat during this chaos. Um, before Ladna makes her way to the ship, uh, uh, FCG does do another turn undead when like several of these skeletons are surrounding him. And uh, it once again affects Laudna, uh, causing her and all of the skeletons to turn and run away. Um, <clears throat> but combat continues. Um, FCG actually goes down a couple of times due to just these relentless attacks from the skeletons. But Fern is able to get him back up both times. Laudna does eventually make it to the captain and they begin to have this parlay. She says, you know, like, I'm like you. I'm cursed, you know, kind of like a corpse. Um, so let's work together. Let's end this. Um, she fails the persuasion check in this moment, though. So the captain's like, well, you know, you're going to have to do better than that. Like, what can you offer me in addition to my compass, which you have? Um, so she ultimately offers up Chetney's possessed sore, Grastachar. Um, and this next persuasion role is better. So the pirate is like, you know what? Sure. You hand me over the compass and the sword then we will in exchange give you passage. Um, so reluctantly Chet does hand over the sword to the captain and that's where we go to break on the first half. So <clears throat> for the second half, uh, Ladna fills in Bell's Hells and combat has stopped. The captain has ordered everyone to stop. So Ladna's like, hey, I parlayed with this guy. We're all cool now. So like, come get on the ship. So the two parties introduce themselves. Um, so we obviously have Captain Novos, but then we have first mate, um, Woters, I don't remember if I'm saying that right. Uh, Navigator Cirilla 
and the rest of the crew, Jamal, Odo, Peters, Bruda, Vandalo, the Wits twins, Carmilla, Sanjay, and Kyle. Uh, the, the captain then says, all right, you gave me the sword. Now give me the compass to complete the deal. And there's a bit of back and forth here where Ladna's like, I'll give you the compass after, you know, you safely transport us. But the captain's like, nope, compass now. So they ultimately do give the compass now. And the captain says, you know, find quarters wherever you can on the ship. Um, this journey will take three days. So they set sail and just, you know, there's a few conversations that happen. Uh, Fern asks when Novos passed away. He says it was decades ago, uh, but he's not really forthcoming with too much other information than that. He won't tell them what his compass um, points to. And they ask him, well, do you know what's going on in the real world? Like with Brutus and Pradathos essentially is what they're getting at. And uh, he's not, he's unaware. He has little care for what's going on on top of, you know, being unaware in the first place. Um, and they ask him, well, what would happen if your God, you know, the God that reanimated you as these skeletons, what if he went away and the captain's not too concerned about it? He's like, I, you know, it's less about me worshiping that entity and more of I had to have an entity to come to in a dark moment. And so I chose the Strife Emperor whose philosophy I agreed with. Um, so the captain then kind of leaves to go talk to Grazzy, actually, and I think go to his quarters. So the rest of the party has some downtime on the ship. Um, FCG identifies some boots that the party's been hanging on to in the portable hole for a while, and they find out that they are boots of speed. Uh, and there's a long kind of um, discussion here about who these boots should go to, but ultimately Chetney gets them um, after trading Ashton his ring that Deanna gave him for them. So Ashton walks away with the ring, Chetney walks away with the boots of speed. Um, Ashton has a small chat with Cirilla, the navigator. Um, and it's actually a really good conversation. They talk about anger uh, and the gods. And um, as the ship's navigator, you know, Ashton asks her about the moon and Ruidus. And she reveals that, yeah, like I haven't seen the moon for weeks, but I haven't told anybody. Uh, so this it makes a lot of sense to her when Ashton kind of fills her in on what's going on. Bellsells then goes um, below deck and starts to mingle with the rest of the crew. They find out that they're from all over the world, but mostly Wild Mountain. And uh, Sanjay is actually playing a violin. And Orum asks, do you take requests? Um, have you ever heard of Scanlan Shorthalt? And he says, of course, who hasn't? So Orum asks if he can play Beads of Love. Um, and he says, it might be hard on violin, but I'll try. So as they're all talking about different things, you know, what do you do to pass the time? Uh, there's some card games being played. So Bell's Hells bring up Rollies and the crew is Rollies. What's that? They're very eager to learn how to play. So Imogen begins teaching them and they quickly get like really into it. Um, and so they just decide to play for secrets. That's what they're wagering. Um, and Bruda actually loses. And so the first secret she reveals is that she was allergic to cats. Uh, then Imogen loses. So she reveals that She's dating Ladna. Um, so they keep playing. And like I said, the crew's getting really into it. Um, and ultimately a tie happens. And so the whole crew is like, what happens when there's a tie? And uh, I think FCG is like making up rules about like, oh, you have to, you know, get somebody new to join. So they like drag in another member of the crew and uh, everyone's having a pretty good time. And that's where the episode ends. Um, episode again, 73 of campaign three phantasmal parlay. So 
well, I was about to launch into my normal spiel about check out the discussion, but again, we won't be having a discussion portion this week. Um, so yeah, I guess just thanks for sticking around for the recap for those of you that did. And hopefully we are back to our normal scheduled programming uh, come next episode. But as always, please let me know your thoughts in the episode uh, on the episode rather in the comments. Um, because since we didn't get to have the normal discussion, I would love to discuss with you guys. So if there's anything like you really wanted to talk about this episode or explore or, you know, whatever, let me know in the comments or in the discord. Um, and again, there will be a link down below to join that calamity rewatch this Sunday, 7 30 PM central time. Would love to have you there until next time y'all.